It's on us. It's on all of us. And it's time to act now. It's on us to start the change. It's on us to be the change. It's on us. It's on Division Three. It's on all of us to stop sexual assault. I coined my definition of success in 1934. My definition of success is peace of mind attained only through self-satisfaction and knowing you made the effort to do the best of which you're capable. It's like reputation and character. Reputation is what others perceive you to be. Character is what you are. We are the coaches of women's basketball. We are leaders and teachers, dreamers and winners. We are professionals who conduct ourselves ethically and with integrity. We place the education, safety, and well-being of the athletes we coach above all else and teach them the fundamental values they need to succeed in life. We are coaches united for the good of our game and those who play it. We are the WBCA. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Catching me as I'm trying to get one more tweet out here before we get back. Uh, if you got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops, or no, email us, Dave.McHugh at D3Sports.com. The Hoopsville mail, just not working. Of course, you can join us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Hoopsville, where we're simulcasting the show. We're not simulcasting on YouTube today. I apologize. Uh, it just is what it is, as they say. Um, we're going to... Spend a couple of minutes here just ch chatting, kind of taking a look at things, as it were, around Division Three. Also, a reminder that it's a, we are did start a fundraiser, a little bit more low-key fundraiser. And to be honest, using all the programs that you can use for fundraisings, like Indiegogo and the rest, you lose a good chunk of money. Um, Indiegogo, for example, 5% um, plus 2.9% uh, of every transaction plus $30 or something like that. Um Whereas we're using PayPal, where we only use the second part. We don't lose the 5% on top of it. So we got a bunch of uh, donate buttons on the show page. That's where you can click on to donate. We've also tweeted them out. And we've also put them on our, our uh, simulcast show. We put a link to that. Uh, we've raised a little bit of money, $670. Really appreciate it. It'd be really cool if we raised geez, two or three times that by the end of the show. Um, and we will continue to, to do that uh, um, by the end of the of the year. We don't, or the end of the regular season. We don't have a, a true number set, but I think, um, listen, if we raised five thousand dollars, that might get us to Atlanta this year for the uh, D three championships, which are right now um, not a guarantee. Uh, there are games going to go on today, and we should point out we'll keep an eye on them as the show progresses. Not a lot. But I think Yeshiva men have a big game against Purchase today. They escaped, Yeshiva did, the other day in their game against Sarah Lawrence. Had to come from behind and won 74-72. Of course, Purchase is sitting right behind them, tied with Old Westbury in the conference race. Um, to be blunt, Yeshiva needs to get the job done. And so this is a big game for them. We'll keep an eye on that. Uh, Old Westbury's playing today as well. So obviously a win by Purchase and a win by Old Westbury would make the uh, conference race more interesting. 
Yeah, I mean, I think for Yeshiva, you want to keep playing it for the chance you get an at-large bid. No, I'm sorry, not the at-large bid. You get a hosting bid. I think the at-large bid would go away with a loss, but I, I think Yeshiva needs to win the AQ anyway, um, and I could be wrong. Another, uh, but, but my point is, wouldn't it be great to see Yeshiva hosting? Uh, on the other side of things, East Texas Baptist and Letourneau are playing tonight. Mary Harden Baylor versus McMurray, Concordia, Texas versus Harden Simmons. Those are some interesting games in what is a chock-a-block jam-packed ASC race this year. Um, keep an eye on those. We'll keep an eye on them. Granted, by the time they tip off, we may be closing in on the last 30 minutes of our show, or maybe we're going longer. I don't know. But we'll keep an eye on that. On the women's side, Mary Harden Baylor is taking on McMurray. They're the only ranked team on the women's side playing today. Uh, there's some other games in the ASC, which is also a fun one to watch. More games on the women's side in general today, so we'll keep an eye out. But nothing earth-shattering in terms of games. Thursdays tend to be a little quieter, and that's why Hoopsville tends to be on Thursdays, by the way, um, because we find that that's the right night to get a lot of our, our segments in. But anyway, those are the games we'll be keeping an eye on throughout the night. Still ahead, by the way, um, as we cross into the second half hour or second half of the show, Matt Donahue from Catholic will be up here in just a few minutes. We'll talk to him about his women's team and number one team in the Landmark Conference. Remember, Scranton getting all the top 25 votes or in the top 25. Catholic is not, but they're the top dog in that conference. Charles uh, Katsiafikas will join us from Pomona Pitzer later in this hour to talk about his men's program. Coach Herbie, as they call him, out of Bethel will join us. They're the number five team in the country. Finally, I made an argument two weeks ago that they should have been in the top five. Granted, losses ahead of them have finally made them, allowed them to get up there. Weiner men's basketball coach Chris Caradillo will join us. We'll then hear from Dave Hickson, who's on sabbatical from Amherst Men's Basketball. We'll talk about what it's like to be on sabbatical. We'll also talk to him about what he's been doing, uh, some of the programs he's gone out and seen, what he thinks of his program and the NESCAC race from afar, and any other news we might be able to dig out of him. Then coming up, WBCA board president and uh, Toledo women's basketball coach Trisha Cullop will talk to us. Uh, talked to her yesterday, actually, in the segment that will air. Uh, fully aware of what how D3 clicks, and we look forward to hearing from her and what's going on in the WBCA. That will be followed by Alex Ritchie from number 18 Oglethorpe women's program. He's very involved with the WBCA and helpful as well with the All-Star game. Jody May from Albion will join us in the only dual conference interview of the day. Remember, we had Hope Women's Basketball on earlier. We'll have Albion Men's Basketball. It was unavoidable. We really wanted to talk to both coaches today. Jody May, of course, at Albion, what they've been through and how successful they're being. Dave Macedo from number 18, Virginia Wesleyan, later on the show. Uh, St. Jo John Fisher women's basketball coach Melissa Kuberka will join us, and then we'll wrap things up with Sam Atkinson, a pre-tape segment I had with him. He's a Gallaudet Associate AD for Communications. He's also the men's national committee chair. And then we open up the happy hour a little bit later than we expected, probably about 8.15. Hoopsville friends, as it were, Bob Quillman and some others. I got some emails indicating who's going to be joining us. I'll double-check those as we go through the show. And with that, we'll take another break. Um, again, if you have any questions or, or want to know more, please uh, let us know. Uh, we would love to hear from you and want to hear from your questions. Um, we're going to take a break, and Matt Donahue from Catholic will join us, and we'll talk more about the uh, Cardinals and how they're doing this season, especially in that landmark race. You'll listen to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com for the WBCA and ABC Studios. More Hoopsville after this.
Football has taught me a lot throughout my life. It's definitely had a huge imprint on who I am as a person. Competing at a Division III level created that opportunity for me to go to college. Not only was I the first one in my family to graduate college, but I was really the first one to even go. Being the first one, I'm breaking that cycle, and, and now that I've graduated, I'm not sure what's the next step, but I know I have a lot of doors open. And a lot of those are open because I played football and ran track here at Otterbein. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE-logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that college basketball built. For the love of the game, but for those of us who are Division III student-athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics. And in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. I'm a Division III student athlete, and I know how powerful words can be. The term gay doesn't mean stupid, lame, or less than. So I pledge to speak up if I hear the term gay used in a derogatory way or any other homophobic terms. If you can play, you can play in Division III. I'm a Division III student athlete, and my teammates unconditionally accepted me as part of their family. So now I pledge to do the same for others. If you can play, you can play in Division III. We are the coaches of women's basketball. We are leaders and teachers, dreamers and winners. We are professionals who conduct ourselves ethically and with integrity. We place the education, safety, and well-being of the athletes we coach above all else and teach them the fundamental values they need to succeed in life. We are coaches united for the good of our game and those who play it. We are the WBCA. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. I just wanted to get good grades and to do well. But it also made me realize that I have a lot of career goals. You're there to get a full college experience, not only participate in your sport, but participate in things outside of that. And it's all about growing as a person. My coaches have helped me with figuring out who I really am. Their lives are dedicated for us to succeed. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. As we turn into the second half of the scheduled part of our show, um, the happy hour never goes as scheduled because we just don't know how long it's going to go. We say happy hour, it could go two. Uh, if you got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, um, dave.mcue at d3sports.com. Scroll at the bottom of your screen um, if you didn't catch all of that. And, of course, you can join us on Facebook where we're simulcasting a show, facebook.com slash Hoopsville. During that break, got two significant um, um, donations. I really want to thank. Um, it doesn't say who North County – 
Roots is, but I want to thank them for their uh, donation. Actually, I think I knew who that is, but I can't tell by the email. Um, and I also want to thank our friend, Mr. Bob Bowman. Uh, sir, uh, you humble me um, with your donation, um, the second highest donation of the day. And uh, that means a lot to me, considering how much you're giving to the show this year um, to me. And so I really appreciate that. Um, we'll certainly talk to Bob about that later in the show. All right, so let's keep things moving along. We have lots of guests to talk to today, and we are talking from uh, one gender each of each region. That doesn't make any sense. We're talking to each region today. We're talking for, to a women's team from each region and a men's team from each region. That's a lot better way of saying it. Uh, apparently, the coffee is wearing off. I'm not really sure if I should keep drinking it, though, to be honest with you. Um, maybe we should put the good stuff in here. That's what the happy hour is for. All right, so in the Mid-Atlantic region, if you're not watching the landmark race, I think it's one to watch because first off, the top-ranked team in the country, not top-ranked team in the country, top-ranked team out of that conference is not the leader in that conference. It's actually somebody else. And if you haven't looked, Catholic has reemerged in this conversation. Joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline, the head of the Cardinal squad, Matt Donahue, who goes from listening to the show in the background to being a part of it. Coach, thanks for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it. Oh, our pleasure. Thanks for having me on today, and uh, just great to be part of things, especially with uh, the marathon show today. Well, I appreciate it. Um, easier to do the show when guests are willing to come on, and I appreciate <laughs> your time to do it. 15-3 and three on the season. Uh, we'll talk about those three uh, stubs to the toe, as it were, later, but I think the big thing that jumps out at me here is some of the significant wins you have this year, and one of them is Scranton. You beat them at home, 65-62. Granted, you've got them still on the road, but more importantly, what that did is it, it puts you, I shouldn't say on top of the conference, I misspoke there, but because you have um, the win over Scranton, you got a game and a half on them, and you're tied with Elizabethtown, but even with Elizabethtown, you have a win on them. That's kind of why I say you're on top. Um, did you expect to be here this year? Did, was this a team you had thought you were going to have, and did you think you could be on top of the conference as you turn into the second half? Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, that's a loaded question for sure. Um, <laughs> yep. I, I think what, what we found coming out of the gates this year is we thought we had an opportunity to be pretty darn good. Um, we, we knew we needed some things to uh, to fall right for us. We, we knew we were going to be relying on some freshmen to fill some pretty pivotal roles for us. And uh, as the year got going, uh, we found ourselves a little snake bent with some different injuries to some very key players and leaders within our program. And an already young team uh, became even younger. So um, for us, it's just really been about focusing on our task in hand and kind of figuring out who we are as we've gone along here. And we've been really fortunate to receive some, uh, some just fantastic leadership from our seniors and, and our upperclassmen and our returners to help those freshmen that were filling those that have been filling those pivotal roles, just kind of get their feet wet and get comfortable and just kind of embrace them into the program. So as we've gone on, you know, obviously we've had some, some great moments this year and we've had some, uh, we'll use your phrase. We've had some toe stubbing along the way. And um, <laughs> we just kind of hope that we continue to learn from those moments when they occur. Of course, the other one you had was over Marymount um, earlier in the season. Um, oh, I'm on the wrong schedule. I was trying to find it. Well, I'm looking at it last year. Uh, 56-51. Interesting enough, that win came in, was bracketed by two of those those toe stubs. Mary yeah. Washington got you in a crazy game, 54-51 at the beginning, uh, January 4th. The next day you beat Marymount. Um, granted, all these games at your place. Uh, and then six days later, Moravian trips you up 60-51. to 51. Can you just explain that three-day sequence? Because obviously it was coming back from break. But that's got to be the highs of the highs and the lows of the lows. 
Yeah, I mean, that was a challenging stretch for us, and, and I think we learned a lot about ourselves as a program. Um, you know, we came out of the break and uh, found ourselves without, uh, you know, our, our second leading scorer, Luca Mamola. She was our leading scorer last year. Unfortunately, she suffered a season-ending injury, so we kind of found ourselves in the process of, you know, even reinventing ourselves a little bit on the fly there and, um, you know, carving out a little bit of a new identity for ourselves. So there was certainly a learning period from there uh, at that point in time, and, you know, we, we found our opportunity to learn more about ourselves playing against three really good teams, and so what better way to figure it out on the fly, right, <laughs> than, than playing against teams of the caliber of Mary Wash and Mary Mount and Moravian, and, um, you know, while we had a couple of setbacks there uh it, it may have been some of the best things to happen to us this year just with regard to what we figured out and hopefully what we've learned so um in in the mary washington game we it was definitely crazy is a great way to describe that we we got out early and then they really buckled in defensively and um, had an opportunity at the at the buzzer to tie it up and send it in overtime and great look at it and it was what it was uh wasn't quite meant to be that day and uh, really proud of the group and the resilience they showed the next day coming back against a very good uh, Marymount team and just battling and clawing to get that one, um, only to obviously turn around six days later and, and struggle with Moravian. Uh, more credit to how they played and how they defended and rebounded in that game. So I think that, that those were great stretches for all of our young kids to learn what it takes to win against those types of teams on a consistent basis. The other thing that's interesting is you go back to December 3rd after beating Haverford um, a week earlier, and Haverford, a really good team out of the Centennial. Salisbury got you guys in what I would call one of the stranger results because not only <laughs> did they beat you, to be blunt, and, and Salisbury, I wouldn't argue, is having the world's best season. I mean, they're 8-12. and 12, um, But they, they held you to 39 points in a 74-39 yeah. victory. That one is one of those where you look at it and you keep wondering if someone put the score in wrong. And I, and I mean that <laughs> genuinely because it just seems so strange. No, it's and I appreciate bringing that up. I've actually tried to forget that game. Uh, Sorry about that. <laughs> but uh, no, no, it's it's you know that was kind of a perfect storm of events. Um, you know, there's a lot of cliches you could for sure throw out there about you know how things transpired in that game and how they unfolded. But the reality is, um, regardless of what kind of record you might get out of Salisbury in a given year, you know you're always going to get a team that plays real hard, real aggressive. Mm -hmm. And and I don't know that we handled that level of physicality and aggressiveness uh. and defensive pressure as well as we. We could have and you know there's a number of factors going into that i think our youth definitely showed there a little bit um you know we, we may have had some things exposed um for that time of year in the second half of our game against haverford when you know they really clamped down on us defensively and made life challenging for us and um you know we we i think the good thing is we didn't panic coming out of that game we sat, simply talked with the team uh, and and let them know we're going to learn from that experience we're going to be better and grow from it and and it's easy to say that and i think that's the low-hanging fruit but it really was genuinely true and you know we found ourselves at one point in time in the middle of that game and you know we're looking at things unfold here and we're looking at how Salisbury's clamping down on us and I turned to one of my assistant coaches and said you know we've got five freshmen on the floor right now <laughs> and so you know that's something that they had to kind of take those lumps in that game on that particular day and um, and I think we've grown a lot from that experience you know I didn't appreciate your last game out just for the record um, I, I just 
<laughs> I think it needed to be closer. I don't think you need to beat my alma mater by 23, okay? I'm just saying. You know, um, I'm, I'm glad it wasn't closer uh, because, uh, you know, Andrew's got a squad, though, that plays tough and, and, uh, and battles, and um, we got in gates real well in that game, and next thing I know, we found ourselves a little bit tighter than we wanted it to be, but uh, we're able to close out pretty well. <laughs> um, interesting note. You, you have another winning season. You've clinched that, um, but I feel like, well, I mean, you had those three straight 20-win seasons, and but then four of the last five have been sub-20 wins, but you also seem to be in the conversation, though, granted, I, I know you'd love to have the last two years back, um, eight and six in conference uh, last year, seven and seven the year before. Without getting our, ourselves ahead of things, maybe, is this program back to where you've where we've expected it, maybe, or where you've wanted it over the years? Uh, we hope so, certainly. I mean, we're getting closer. I, I, I think the results in conference the last two years, the 8-6, the 7-7, seven, seven, is, is more a commentary on how strong the league has gotten and how, how much better sure. it is. Um, yeah. You know, certainly Elizabethtown coming in has added to the strength of it. Um, you know, Scranton's always going to be Scranton. They're always going to be, uh, you know, in the national conversation. Um, Moravian is always there. You know, Juniata's had those years where, you know, they've been at the top of the conference. Drew has gotten better. Susquehanna has gotten better. So it's just, as you keep going down the league, what we've learned is that the, the league has just grown and gotten stronger. And, you know, last year, for instance, we went into the last week of the season with a scenario where we could have been anywhere from three to six in the conference, depending on how the week played out. And so the, the yeah. parity and the strength of the league has definitely grown quite a bit in the last few years. Um, what what I what's interesting is on the men's side, I don't think this conference has got and and some have admitted to this in conference, which I appreciate, hasn't lived up to the expectations in its in its lifetime. Certainly, some good teams. Don't get me wrong, but in yeah. terms of depth and battle at the top, just hasn't lived up to it. On the flip side, on the women's side, Matt, it absolutely, I think, has lived up to it. You've had teams absolutely. like Scranton who've gotten far. Elizabethtown, as you said, has made it more difficult. Moravian, good luck getting past uh, Coach Spurk. Um, you guys, I mean, and we can go on because it's not just yep. been you guys and then that group. Um, there's been times Juniata has been good, even though they're certainly not having a great season this year. Drew has been in the conversation in years past, and really they are this year at 12 and 6 too. This conference is a difficult conference. I agree, and and that's you know it it's, it can be both uh, you know nerve wracking and it can be exciting, it can be exhausting all at the same right. time. Um, you know, you come out of one game and have a great result, and and you're feeling great about yourself, and you look and three days later, you you okay, oh boy, I've got to go play them now, and yeah. so. Um, you know, certainly that's kind of as, as we've gone through our last few games, you know, we, we had a great performance uh, against Scranton and then, okay, now we're coming out and we've got to go play Elizabethtown and then we've got to go to Susquehanna. And so it's just one right after the other. And, um, I, our hope is that we can continue to, to grow from each experience, continue to get better. You know, certainly there's areas as a team where we need to be better if we're going to get the results that we ultimately want and have the season that we believe we're capable of. Um, but we also know there's just no time to take a breath, and we've just got to you know, kind of take each game as it comes for sure. Um, is that why you don't want to see the likes of my alma mater improving? <laughs> you know, <laughs> Andrew's working hard, so there's always that selfishness where, where yeah. you know, you, you, you wouldn't mind, but, um, but you know that it's only a matter of time before they're, they're back in a great place too. It's the only way I can bring up my alma mater right now, though. I love what she's doing. I love what she's doing. We chat often. Um, let's talk about your team individually. Sydney Poindexter, sure. I swear, you can't talk about your team without talking about Sydney Poindexter. 
13 and a half points a game, 8.1 rebounds a game. Um, she also hands out uh, an assist and a half a game, but she gets about two and a half of steals per contest, which is a triple tie, by the way. <laughs> There's three players yeah. with the same <laughs> amount of steals. But she feels like the catalyst as a senior. No surprise, but talk a little bit about her game. Yeah, no, I can't say enough great things about Sydney, and in particular how much she's grown since her freshman year. And she's just seemed to kind of grow and expand her game even more with each passing year. Um, certainly what she does defensively, rebounding-wise, and then offensively in our transition game and in our half-court game, um, you know, she's really enabled, um, you know, a lot of other players around her to have even greater success and to enjoy, you know, some different opportunities on the court for us. But she's certainly been a major catalyst, a tremendous captain and leader for us this year, and, and really been at the heart of what we've done. So, I mean, I could ramble on, you know, with for, for a good hour and change and even further, uh, you know, about how much she means to our program, what she's brought to the table for us. And uh, she's a special young woman and a tremendous leader for sure. And then it, to your point earlier about the underclassmen, it's sophomores and freshmen after her in terms of scoring. Uh, Luca Mamula, a sophomore. Amanda Johnson, a sophomore. Aaron Doherty, a freshman. Aaron Thompson, a freshman. Uh, Thompson's missed a few games, we'll note. Uh, but Mamula at 12.2, Johnson at 9.5, 8 points for Doherty, Thompson at 6.5, Rachel Bussinich at 6 points as a freshman. It, you still have other seniors on the team, don't get me wrong, but it's yeah. that underclassman group that's getting a lot of experience. Well, no, and it, and that's been – some of them were really thrown into the fire um, a little bit before, you know, kind of we thought maybe they would be this year. Uh, you know, Molly Reynolds has been a, a tremendous guard for us. She's a senior this year, missed our first semester yeah. um, with an injury. Uh, Megan Stafford has been another young woman who also started the last three years. She's dealt with a, a number of injuries this year. And, you know, with, with when those young women went out, um, you know, a young team became even younger. And um, what, what's really been exciting to see is – in their when when they went out of the lineup, they found ways to lead and contribute to our program and and bring these young women along. You know, Molly's like having another coach on the bench. I was, mm. I was happy when she came back from the injury just to get her off the bench, so I didn't have to have her in my Euro game. Um, but uh, but she's just been a, a tremendous resource for our younger guards and our point guards in particular. And it's been great having her back in the mix. And you know, Megan's dealt with you know every type of injury you can imagine this yeah. year, um, but another wonderful leader for us. And and then you know, like I said. We had Luca, who was you know off off to a great start this year, and then she went out after the tenth game of the year, I believe it was, with an injury. And so we just seem to keep getting younger. But the team that we have, I don't, I truly believe, wouldn't be where they are without the guidance and leadership of those seniors. So they've done a great job. Yeah, no, absolutely, and a fun team to watch. Uh, yeah. Obviously, you got a lot more ahead. I certainly don't want to uh, to kid you. You got Moravian, Elizabethtown, <laughs> Scranton in your next three. It's it's a tall it's a tough task ahead, is it not? Sure, it's a fun little gauntlet, right? Yeah. Um, you know, we've got Moravian coming in here who, who played just a fantastic game against us up at their place. They they rebound extremely well. They're a tough physical team. Um, I, you can speak volumes about how well coached they are. You know, Mary Beth is a legend up there and, and just been a, a tremendous coach and has been great to me since you know even before I got into the league here. You come out of that game. You have Elizabeth Town, um, who you know went to the conference championship game this year, and obviously is, is is having a great in-conference season as well this year. And you get through that one, and we get to get a trip up to Scranton there uh, for their Hall of Fame day, and and the team that's you know only 16 and three, and just in the top 20, and, and the four-time defending conference champion. So 
you know, it, it's a full slate ahead of us, and we're certainly, uh, as will every other team in the league, get a chance to state their case for what they can be, and we're looking forward to those challenges for sure. Well, I appreciate the time. Chat about the squad. Congratulations on the season that you guys are certainly having. Um, it is fun to watch the Landmark Conference on the women's side especially, and I appreciate uh, you giving us a little bit of insight on the team. Uh, as always, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you'd like to share with those tuned in? Yeah, no, I just want to first thank you for the spotlight you shine on Division Three basketball, both on the women's and men's side. Um, really brings a great audience to, to our programs and just a great product of basketball that we have here. So really appreciate all you do. Uh, and then beyond that, um, you know, I just want to take an opportunity to, to thank my support system and my wife and my kids for enduring and putting up with me this time of year. And, yep. Um, just being great for me and, and, and all the other significant others and spouses for, for coaches out there. And um, to do what we do takes a very special group of people behind the scenes. And so just want to thank them all as well. Yeah, well said. I appreciate your time. Uh, easy to do a show as well when you're able to give us your time as well. So thank you. Uh, good luck the rest of the way. We'll look forward to seeing how the, how the season progresses. Thanks. I appreciate it, Dave. Absolutely. Matt Donahue joining us here on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline as part of the marathon. We've updated, by the way, our uh, our graphics in terms of goals and stuff. I think uh, we're going to try and make it official that we're going to go for it today. Big goal for our donations. But um, thanks to Matt again for his time. I really appreciate it. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll switch gears, talk uh, men's basketball. We'll head out to the West Coast. Pomona Pitzer head coach Charles Katsiafikas joins us to talk about his team. Uh, and how they're doing this season out in the Skyac. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. More Hoopsville after this. Being a part of the different activities and organizations that I've been a part of, I'm actually able to see myself where I'm like, hey, I actually can make a change. I'm one person that can make a difference. Division Three has helped me to develop teamwork skills, critical thinking skills, time management skills. It's not just about basketball or it's not just about school. It's about developing yourself as a person altogether. My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. For the love of the game, that's what it's all about, they say. But for those of us who are Division III student-athletes, it's more than that. It's more about team and the schools and communities we represent. And for the many of us blessed with the strength to compete in sport at the college level, we understand that with what we were given comes a special obligation. An obligation to help those who have their own special needs and whose love for the game is no less intense. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics. Since August of 2011, we and others from Division III campus communities have volunteered more than a quarter million hours, time away from the classroom and practice field, reaching across the country to coach and mentor Special Olympics athletes. And to learn that in giving, we receive so much more in return. Help us keep that dream alive. Be part of it. Get involved. You can make a difference. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. 
It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us. To look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us. All of us. To, to stop, stop sexual, sexual assault. assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. I used to never really talk. Ever. I was scared and shy. It was hard to look at people's faces. I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. I made friends and won lots of gold medals. But I learned more than just playing golf. Special Olympics helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody, on this Marathon Thursday, our seventh annual Hoopsville Marathon. Thank you for taking the time to join us. We've officially put it up on the screen as we continue to uh, uh, go along with our uh, fundraising efforts. I want to thank uh, several of you, including, uh, who's a Fatima? Uh, a Fatim. I apologize, said your name wrong. Um, for the recent donation, uh, you should find links on Hoopsville. Twitter accounts and Facebook, uh, the streaming site, not on our, our homepage as of yet, but where we're simulcasting the show. We've also uh, got it all over our show page. If you happen to be watching us, there's donate buttons all over the place. So you can certainly find them there. We put up a, a lofty goal. I'll freely admit a lofty goal here today. Um, we hope we can make it today, though this fundraiser will last longer. Basically have a goal today and then have a bigger goal by the end of the regular season. Uh, talking now men's basketball, we'll switch out to the West Coast, as we mentioned earlier. Another team, like earlier with RPI, who lost their first two games of the season, but then kind of um, took off from there, granted those two games against non-Division three opponents, which, like RPI, raises more questions. We always have questions about Pomona Pitzer and the Skyak, uh, a conference that um, certainly um, Ryan Scott thinks pretty highly of. Uh, Coach Charles Katsiafikas joins us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline about his squad. Coach, as always, thanks for taking the time for joining us, and uh, I know we're taking you away from probably some good, really good weather. Dave, it's, uh, hey, it's great to join you. Your, your, your uh, show is wonderful, and this marathon is a tremendous thing, so we appreciate it. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. But you're it. right. It is a sunny and about 75 <laughs> out today, so yeah. we, we practice in about a couple hours, and I was hoping to take a little walk around <laughs> campus and get a little sunshine today. I feel horrible for you. I really do. <laughs> uh, it just tears me up inside. Yeah. Um, let's talk about this season, and we'll start with the fact that you've got four games on your schedule that I don't – five games, sorry – 
that as as a D3 guy, I don't know how to read into or appreciate because they're against non-D3 opponents. And I know scheduling can be a challenge. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to harp on that necessarily. But what do we make of a team that's 14-4 and four now and, and with five games that me needs to maybe know more about to understand how good you guys are? Yeah. Well, again, the challenging – I mean, the schedule – you know, can be challenging. I would love to play 25 Division Three games if I could, but outside of our conference, the next closest Division Three team is about 400 miles away, and that's UC Santa Cruz, mm-hmm. which is one team. Then after that, you're talking a flight uh, to get to any other Division Three games. So after we play our uh, 16 conference games, uh, virtually we're – doing the best we can to fill our schedule with as many Division Three games as we can, but it's, it's almost impossible. So, for example, our opening two games were against two NCAA Division Two teams, mm-hmm. uh, and I thought we played very well in both of them, but nonetheless suffered a couple losses. The other three that you're referring to, uh, those are teams out this way that fit into the NAIA category, and you know it's it, it's hard to compare them to a, to, to other Division three teams around the country. Hmm. Uh, you know they would be somewhere probably in the middle of the pack. Okay, uh, good to know. And that's certainly helpful to say the least. Uh, non in Division three world, you you guys were clicking right along until mid January when Whittier finally tripped you guys up uh, at home, ninety seven, ninety three. Uh, Occidental then got you guys ten days later. That one on the road, eighty seven, seventy three. What was it about those two games that? Because if, if I look at the rest of the schedule, it, it, those two games stick out because they felt very different, not only in score, but in what you allowed your opponents to do. Yeah. Well, I think in both those games, the other team flat out outplayed us. Uh, so I don't want to make any excuses. Uh, however, just to put some context into the situation, in the Whittier game, in about the opening, I don't know, four, five, six, seven minutes, one of our starters went down with an ankle sprain, and he's still out now. He's missed our last three or four games. And in the game after that, which was our Caltech game, another starter went down. Uh, so the last couple games, we've been without two starters. Uh, against Oxy, the day before that, we lost our sixth man as well to an ankle sprain. So, again, Oxy flat out outplayed us and, and whooped our butt. Uh, but we were short two starters and our sixth man. Uh, we're hoping, so last night we played without those three uh, and pieced it together pretty well. We got some great contributions from guys off the bench that weren't getting many minutes. Some of them weren't getting any minutes, and that's why you have a, a full team because at certain times in the season you're going to need other people to step up. So I know other people around the country are are going through all the same ups and downs and good breaks, bad breaks, what have you. Sure. Uh, we we think we'll be getting one of the starters back uh, either today or tomorrow. So we're headed back in the right direction, uh, hoping to get healthy and just get back on uh, playing as well as we can. Uh, yeah, we should mention the, the, your team here. Um, you're led by Micah Allen or Alan. I apologize. Mika Alan. Mika. See, I butchered it six ways to Sunday there. Um, he's your senior at 21 points a game, hauling down four rebounds plus, handing out five assists. So it's not like he's just the scoring machine. He's also going to get his teammates involved. But as you mentioned, Alex Preston's missed two games so far, three games missed by Jack Boyle. 
Uh, those two were obviously missed, but also James uh, Kelbert has missed four games. So you guys haven't necessarily, well, you've had a lot of games where you've had a full squad. Recently, it's a matter of who can step up when until these guys get back. Yeah. And again, you know, I, I know we're not alone. I know there are coaches all over the country who are, <laughs> you know, that, that's part of the season, right? That's yeah. part of the challenge. That's part of why you, you know, get as much depth on your team as you can. And uh, you, everybody's going to have to deal with some of that adversity. But yeah. certainly uh, we've been hit with it a little bit in the last six or seven days that has put a little pressure on us, but we're, we're headed in the right direction. We'll be getting a guy back here in the next couple days. Uh so, you know, we just try to keep getting a little better every day. And, and again, I think it's, it's really a neat opportunity for some of those guys who have not had as much opportunity as they may have been working for to really get a chance to step in and, and make a contribution to the team in a pretty meaningful way. You're averaging about 87 points a game. I think it belies the, the fact that you've scored about eight games where it's 90 to even over well over 100 points your your offense feels like when it's clicking can really go up tempo or maybe not even up tempo but really go well in sync to to make it a hard challenge for the opponent to stay with you yeah uh you know i i've been really pleased with with the rhythm of our offense and it's not you know we really haven't done anything different this year in terms of trying to uh, increase or up the tempo, or we haven't tried to shoot more threes, or there, you know, we've we've really kind of emphasized things the way we have pretty much every year. So I'm in some ways I'm surprised uh, by the amount of points we're putting up. Our shooting percentage is very good, uh, but I think one of our strengths is that we do throughout the lineup we have a lot of versatility. So I think people preparing for us, uh, trying to scout us, I. You mentioned Mika Alon, who's absolutely a special player. There's no question about it. Uh, but even our, even with him, we have a lot of versatility in the lineup where we can score from a lot of different places with a lot of different people. I mean, in a couple of those games, he's had, you know, really been the focal point of defenses, and they've, by their standards, probably shut him down. But we've still been able to continue to score at a pretty high volume. So I think our versatility uh, – is pretty good this year. When you look at this squad and, and what it's able to do offensively, you talk about it shooting 51% from the floor, 38 some odd percent from beyond the arc. Certainly defense is important. You're, you're doing pretty solid at holding teams to about 70 points a game, but how important is it that the teams stay kind of clicking as it were, that if, that if you're going to have an off night from the floor, can it derail you guys? Don't even start to talk about off nights from the floor. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, well, well, you know, the two games that we lost in league, Whittier and Occidental, those two teams got away from us from the three-point line that night. Gotcha. You know, Whittier was 17 for 34 from the three, and I think Oxy was 15 for 30 from the three in those two losses. So we have certainly been, you know, while you want to appreciate the fact that things are going very well offensively, we also are very aware that we need to get better and better defensively. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, we've been working very hard at that. We'll continue to work hard at that. And if we can tighten up the reins a little bit at the defensive end while also continuing to 
maintain our rhythm offensively, you know, that's that's kind of the goal, right? We're hoping to right. really piece everything together and get get it working at both ends of the floor here down the home stretch of the season. Yeah, interesting uh, what you guys have coming up. You'll be home against Chapman, but you got a big game coming up on the 5th on the road at Claremont Mud Scripps, uh, who you've already played this season and beat them 51-48, but you're tied in the conference standings currently, meaning we'll give you a half game for the tiebreaker right now. There's a lot still to be played for, and you've still got a rematch with Occidental. You've still got a rematch with Whittier uh, amongst all the other teams you're playing against. There's a lot still to go in the Skyac race. Yeah, there really is. I, I think anybody who knows the Skyac, and again, I know we're kind of out here on an island, so a lot of people don't really get uh, to see that much or get a, a sense of what our conference is all about. But traditionally, it's a very well-balanced conference where there are four or five teams going into the season that have a legitimate shot of winning the conference. This year, there's seven teams out of the nine that are are still in play in terms of we have a conference playoff at the end of the year, top four make it, and there are seven teams that are fully in the hunt for those four spots at this point in time. So uh, there's a lot left to be done, a lot of competitive games left. Uh, the top seven teams, really, there's – and even even the bottom two have, have, have popped up and won some games in the upper uh, part so th- there's not a whole lot of surprises in terms of score. There's just a lot of good ball games going on each night, and you got to try to just put a good good product out there each night and try to get things done. I know the conference kind of understands it's it's playing for an AQ. There's maybe not an at large role out there, though. Ryan Scott has thought highly of you guys in terms of a conference race, and if there was any a year that it could be multiple bids, it might be this year. Can you even afford to have that thinking? Well, I've always known Ryan was a smart guy, uh, but you know, he, I, I don't know. I, 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 well played. I, I, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't think too much about that stuff anyway. AQ or at large or whatever—that's all stuff that just happens. But the things you can control are getting better each day in practice, putting your game plan together, mm-hmm. getting the guys to go out, play the best game they can, and then. All that other stuff, it happens, but you you don't have any control over it. Sure. So uh, I, I appreciate the fact that there are people who do need to think about those things, but I try not to spend too much time thinking about those things. Uh, you've been uh, leading this program for a while now. You're uh, over. Uh, you've you've had a couple milestones. I think uh, closing in on 500 uh, wins at some point in your 31 seasons there course you and i've talked about the fact uh you're you're really a new englander uh you're either lost in southern california uh and haven't found your way back yet um because trust me or you realize you needed to get out of ellsworth um and i can appreciate that parents are an hour and a half from you um that said i did notice you know obviously you're a tough grad uh jill pace went and left uh southern cal for the toughs job you you didn't shove her in that direction did you no, we would have loved to have kept Coach Pace here. She was she joined us, I don't know, three years ago or so and was doing a phenomenal job. And, uh, you know, her roots are back in the Northeast, and it was such a great opportunity that uh, we were thrilled for her. But you always hate to lose good quality people like that. So while we wish her very well, and she is doing very well, they're currently ranked number one in the country, Yeah, uh, we hated to see her go. Yeah, but uh, how much do you miss Acadia? Well, 
you know, I miss it a lot. I grew up there, and Acadia National Park is just such a beautiful part of the country. Ellsworth, where I grew up, is just just down the road from yeah, that. The gateway, and I, too. I, I, I really uh, just absolutely loved growing up there and what that life afforded. But, you know, I came out here a long time ago in the mid-80s. Oh, yeah. And the campuses here and the student-athletes I work with and the college itself has really uh, become my second home. So, you know, I, as much as I loved it back there, uh, I've really developed a, a fondness for the campuses here and what these colleges are all about as well. Um, we should point out, I hope I have this right, uh, you've been there so long um, that people may forget who the previous head coach of Pomona Pitzer was. Well, there's no reason they would remember it. You know, it's a pretty obscure guy. His name was Greg Popovich. Most people well have never heard of him. Uh, I was very fortunate to land a job here as an assistant coach for him. I worked for him for three years, uh, learned a ton from him about things on the court, about things off the court, about managing an organization, which I think is one of his greatest strengths. Uh, and fortunately, you know, we've maintained a, a strong friendship and, and, and kept in very close touch throughout the years. Awesome. Still remain in very close touch. So I know I'm blessed and very lucky to have gotten involved with a mentor like that very early in my career who has just meant a great deal to what, uh, the pro, you know, the things I've been able to learn and, and get from him over the years. That's awesome. Hey, let him know sometime. We'd love to have him on the show. I will let him know. And yeah. then, believe me, there's a long line of folks. Oh, I know. I, I, I'm not expecting to be anywhere near the top of that list, uh, but we'd love to get him on sometime. Uh, Coach, really appreciate your time and getting to understand your team better uh, and, and knowing what that Skyac race is like. Some year, I keep promising, I'll get out there from a, for a Skyac weekend. I hope it, it, it can happen sometime soon, um, and, I, and I look forward to running into you uh, either out there or somewhere down the road. Uh, as always, give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those tuned in? Coach McHugh, we are just grateful for all you do for Division Three sports, for Division Three basketball, your enthusiasm, your knowledge, your interest, helping promote what we do and get our teams and conferences out there. Uh, we're grateful to you, my brother. Well, thank you. I appreciate the kind words. Uh, enjoy the weather. Enjoy the final end of the season uh, run here, and uh, I'll look forward to talking to you down the road. Thank you very much. Absolutely. He is Coach Katsiafikas. I, I pretty much know how to say that name now i'm proud of that uh coach cat as he's known by many um yeah followed greg popovich you can't not many people can say that in their careers coach cat can their team is good uh, i know they've had a couple stumbles but they're good 14 and 4 worth watching they got chapman coming up on saturday but those a big road game on wednesday circle that one clear my month scripts if you stay up late it's a 9 30 eastern time which means some of us can watch it live uh, um there you go with that, we'll try and come back towards the center of the country. We'll go to Mayak Land, talk to Bethel Women's Basketball. They are number five in the country. We'll talk to them and their coach, Coach Herbie, as he's known uh, in, to everybody, but Herb Breck Street, or Herb Brex Meyer. I tried to go a different direction there. We'll talk to him about that coming up. A couple donations just popping in on our PayPal account. Appreciate it. We'll update the total when we come back as well. You listen to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA NABC Studios. More of the marathon when we come back. We are the coaches of women's basketball. We are leaders and teachers, dreamers and winners. We are professionals who conduct ourselves ethically and with integrity. 
We place the education, safety, and well-being of the athletes we coach above all else and teach them the fundamental values they need to succeed in life. We are coaches united for the good of our game and those who play it. We are the WBCA. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. It's on us. It's on all of us. And it's time to act now. It's on us to start the change. It's on us to be the change. It's on us. It's on Division Three. It's on all of us to stop sexual assault. It starts right when you hit the court. You imagine your finest moment. The game-winning shot that gets you to the dance. A monster dunk or no-look pass and cutting down the net. Sports lets us dream of our own success and prepare us for our finest moments on and off the court. I used to never really talk, ever. Uh, I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. Being a part of the different activities and organizations that I've been a part of, I'm actually able to see myself where I'm like, hey, I actually can make a change. I'm one person that can make a difference. Division three has helped me to develop teamwork skills, critical thinking skills, time management skills. It's not just about basketball or it's not just about school. It's about developing yourself as a person altogether. I learned a lot of valuable lessons playing college football. I never thought about the health benefits of exercise until I actually started to talk to coaches in college. It's not only just for performance, it's for life. My coaches instilled the importance of well-being, not only building up strength, mental health, getting enough sleep, eating properly, it's all what it is to be healthy. I decided that I want to go on a personal trainer and share my knowledge that I obtained in college about physical and mental well-being. I'm a Division III student athlete, and I know how powerful words can be. The term gay doesn't mean stupid, lame, or less than. So I pledge to speak up if I hear the term gay used in a derogatory way or any other homophobic terms. If you can play, you can play in Division III. I'm a Division III student athlete, and my teammates unconditionally accepted me as part of their family. So now I pledge to do the same for others. If you can play, you can play in Division III.
Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. As we continue to uh, go along here, uh, we'll get the tweet out on our next segment just momentarily. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at D3Hoops.com or join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville, where we are simulcasting the show. Unfortunately, we are not simulcasting on YouTube like we normally have in the past. I apologize to all our fans who've enjoyed that. There's a glitch behind the scenes regarding copyrights of PSAs. If you can believe it, that we cannot get our ourselves around right now. It popped up this morning. It wasn't there yesterday. Um, we will try and figure it all out and uh, get it solved for the future. Going to keep talking um, Division Three basketball, obviously, on this show. And we'll talk about donations and stuff in a moment. I still got to, excuse me, update the total. But um, when you talk about women's basketball, one team that I think a lot of people, well, I said a few weeks ago that, uh, that this, this team, I think, had one of the better resumes in Division Three, and certainly deserve to be higher than they were. Well, they have quickly leapfrogged up to where I thought they should be in the top five. Bethel women are 18-0 and overall. They're 13-0 and in conference play. That's the problem, though, is that five of their games are out of conference. That's all their resume can be built outside of conference. But in conference, they have already beaten the likes of everybody chasing them. And they've got a two-game lead on Augsburg. They've got a three-game lead on St. Thomas and Gustavus Adolphus in what is a crazy race hamlin is is further back in the conference standings but not having a bad year themselves joining us on the blue frame technology hoopsville hotline it's their women's head coach john herbrexmeyer known as coach herbie to everybody else coach thanks for taking the time to join us and congratulations on a tremendous season thanks we're having a blast so thanks for having us on absolutely i'm sure you're having a blast i mean you're undefeated in in what has become a very difficult mayak race at the top yeah, the league has been, I think, underrated for a number of years. I, I like to say the rising tide lifts all the ships, and <laughs> some of my counterparts may not like to hear it, but the bottom line is St. Thomas has been literally a Final Four contender seven of the last eight years. Oh, absolutely. And in order to get to where you feel like you can compete with them, if you're not a top 16-type team, you don't even have a shot to beat them most years. Yeah. And Gustavus, Augsburg, ourselves have kind of taken this seriously of, hey, let's let's try and knock that gorilla off the top of the mountain. Sure. And it's made all all of our programs, including you said Hamlin's having a great year, St. Ben's is no slouch. I mean, there's a number of other great coaches and great teams in our league. It's it's a great league. Yeah, it certainly is. The challenge is, and and you know this. You only get five out-of-conference games to truly make that argument. And, yes, St. Thomas has been tremendous. And until this year, I remember the first time they took a loss, we were like, oh, I mean, it was bound to happen, but that's a surprise. And then they took another one, and, and including myself. I spun my head over and went, what's going on over there in the conference? And all of a sudden I see four teams roaring out, from, for lack of a better description, from the fog because St. Thomas had been so far ahead of everybody in terms of, of attention – that it was hard to re appreciate what you guys were putting together. But you've also beaten Northwestern, who's certainly a good program, 11-8 and eight this season. You've beaten Eau Claire, who's 11-7 right now. You've beaten River Falls. They're not earth shakers by any stretch of the imagination, but it's a good, strong WIAC win. You beat Vassar, who's 12-5 this season, and then you beat an interesting Salisbury squad, 8-12. Salisbury, of course, knocked off, as we mentioned earlier, um, some teams in conference or in non-conference play, so you never know from them. But in conference, you seem to be taking on all comers and almost, well, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, it almost seems not easy, but you're able to deflect them pretty well. 
Well, the league is really good. And what we've found is just in the last two and a half weeks, obviously it's the dog days of January, but <laughs> we, you said come out of the fog sort of thing. I mean, that's sort of what happened. We were picked third, but the bottom line is you and I both know if you have great seniors, yeah, that's a great place to start. And, and we have two very good seniors at two really key positions. Um, Haley Barker at point guard, pretty important ball in her hands a lot of the time. And then Tate Anderson is legitimately having an all American type season. And then we've got another seven kids in roles that are really, really good. And even four or five kids behind them that in my 18 years here probably would have been starters on a lot of those teams. And so we've, we've been able to get out our nose out in front of everybody, but now we're no surprise to anybody. The target's getting bigger. So. Oh, yeah. It's huge now. You're in the top five, which, again, I argued about a, two weeks ago I, or a week and a half ago, I thought was probably where you guys should be. Uh, you're undefeated in not only, obviously, conference play at 13-0, and but 18-0. and Hamlin took a shot at you guys uh, a week ago, 79-75, or less than a week ago. Um, and you guys got that one past St. Catherine. You beat 77-56. But I go through these results, and I see – what, two close games in conference play, Coach? And, yeah, and Augsburg that's was, was right. really tough. That was the other game yeah. was Augsburg. I, I'm, I'm amazed by how you don't have closer games. What, what's been the secret? Uh, style. We, okay. we reinvented ourselves two years ago. So we, we used to be, we played bully ball. We, we had big, you know, all-region type center, 6'2", six, 6'3", six, played a lot of high-low well, that's exactly what St. Thomas does. We just did it half a notch below them. So everybody was prepared for that. And we woke up, you know, last year and went, you know, the center we had was really, really skilled, Hannah Johnson, but she was six one and not a physical, you know, put a body on you. Great skill. And we went, you know what? Our best weapon is our speed. Like mm-hmm. we 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 scrimmage um, University of Minnesota Duluth, a very high level, you know, schools, ten times our size, yeah, numbers wise, and we were faster than them. And we went, huh. okay, that's a weapon. Let's figure out how to use it. And so we we've started to play at a really high rate of speed. We a lot of two on the ball, run and jump, run and trap. We've got some principles based um, pressure that we use, but it's not prescribed. It's not one two one one where it's always going to be trapped the first pet. Like hmm. other teams don't always know when or where it's going to come, hmm. and sometimes I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Which, if I don't know, it's quite certain the other coach doesn't know when and where it's going to come. So <laughs> that's and and we've been able to sort of live by that sword. And, you know, it, it also helps to have Tate Anderson who can go inside, outside. Yeah. Yeah. And, again, a senior point guard. You know, we've added some really nice first-year pieces to the puzzle that made us a little deeper this year. Uh, Tess Anderson, Tate's younger sister, coming out of track this year, out of soccer this year, is track fast and a little healthier than she was a year ago at this time. So our depth's better, and been a lot of fun 
Uh, it certainly is. You mentioned Tate Anderson leading the way at 21 points per contest, shooting 65% from the floor. And don't let her open outside the arc. She doesn't take a lot of shots, but she's going to hit about 67% of them, 18 to 27 from out there. Uh, also pulling down seven rebounds on top of that. She's the senior, but you've got underclassmen in Pearson, Schwartz, and Brown Ertle who are who are doing pretty well at 11 points, nine points respectively, and another senior in Haley Barker at eight points a game. And Barker is your your top, um, yeah, Barker is a top assist player in that category. It's it starts with Anderson though, because as you point out, she can play inside outside, and with that kind of shooting numbers, it, it, she's hard to stop. She's very hard to stop because she's also probably physically one of the two strongest kids in the league. And if you go out to take away that three, all she needs is a little, an inch or two window, and she gets, if you're even with her, she's scoring and probably getting an animal. Hmm. And then she also can put a body on you in the post, and so she's a she's a matchup nightmare. So it's made us, it's made us pretty good, and then we actually have two of the top five in the nation in steals. Bella Williams wow. and Haley Barker are, I think, second and fifth in the country in steals. And, you know, I, I listened to your hoops, Bill, and, I, you know, I heard, you know, I don't know if it was you or Ryan or one of the others say, well, you know, I don't know if those numbers, those numbers are not inflated, Dave, I assure you. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the game where we set the, the school record with 29 steals was against Vassar. Yeah, who I don't think had ever seen pressure quite the way we bring it, and it was on a neutral floor with the same stat crew who does the Vanderbilt men's games statting it. So they're not inflated. They're, oh no, those kids oh yeah, are just <laughs> they get after it. So. Haley, uh, Haley Barker, by the way, with seventy-four steals on the season, her teammate in um, in Bella Williams is right behind her at seventy-three, and so those two. I mean, third nationally for Barker. It's just ridiculous. Um, by the way, we should point out Barker also with 288 career assists. That's ranked fifth all time in program history. So she might steal the ball. She's also more than willing to give it up. Um, this is this is a program best start at 18 and 0. Pro- program best winning streak at 18, and uh, the last was 14. You guys, I, I say this occasionally. You're playing with house money. Uh, you you guys are doing so well that I feel like you've probably achieved almost every goal you possibly could have had this season. Not yet. Of course. We wanted to win a conference title. Um, <laughs> that was that, a that was, <laughs> that, that was the – so Kate and Haley. Haley is a fifth year and probably could have been done by taking a heavier academic load at Christmas time hmm. and decided to delay a few classes and, you know, get a full year of basketball in. And when she decided to do that, we, you know, we, we meet and talk about, you know, the vision of what we want to do after the season. And the one thing missing from their resume was a conference title. And so we have, we've pushed all the chips in on that and winning the MIAC is hard to do. So we still got a long ways to go, but it's been a great start. You've got an interesting stretch ahead of you. Uh, you'll get two games, McAllister and Concordia Moorhead. McAllister is at the bottom of the conference at 0-13 overall in their conference record, 1-17 overall. Concordia Moorhead strict right in the middle, 7-10, 5-7. and 
then you hit the road and you've got some doozies. You're going to have St. Mary's uh, first. Now they're again near the bottom of the conference, but then that's immediately followed by St. Thomas and Gustavus Adolphus, who we've already mentioned are in the conference race here at the top. Then you come home and you've got Augsburg who's sitting second before going up against a pretty darn good coach in St. Benedict, no matter what their record is. This is going to be a fascinating finish here. Obviously a lot of work ahead. I know it's a one game at a time, but how important are going to be the home games so that you can be ready for the road games? It's, it's vital. <laughs> so, so we've been on a stretch here of three and three. So we, we finished the stretch of three in a row on the road. Uh, we played the first of three that are home, uh, defeating St. Kate's last night. We've got two more at home, and then then we've got that stretch on the road that I think will go a long ways towards determining the conference race. So, because yeah, the trip to St. Mary's is the second longest that we have. Yeah. So, and and they're they're better than their record. I mean, there there sure. there's a number of teams in our league. St. Mary's and St. Ben's especially come to mind that are better than their record. Carlton also, you know, Tammy. Uh, Metcalf Filson came out of retirement. She's she's a Hall of Fame caliber coach who took Carlton to a number of championships yeah. in her time when I was in the league at the beginning of my coaching here. And I mean, the league's very good. So we'll see. That stretch of three on the road will largely determine how this thing plays out. Yeah. So we'll uh, see. And it's all in a week, too, because it's February 8th to February 15th. You've got that jammed up week. Uh, that the Mayak scheduling, uh, unfortunately, provides too. So it's it's not only on three in a row on the road; it's three in the row on the road on the in the same week. It, it's it's yep. not going to be easy. Oh no, <laughs> we we know that. So <laughs> we're just, yeah. at this point, Dave. We're just trying to get healthy for that pit sure. push there towards the end. I mean, everybody's got bumps, bruises. You yep. know, like there's a lot of flu going around, and yes. we've had our fair share here the last two weeks. So. We've been a little bit, if we're being honest, we've been a little bit off our A game the last 10 days or so, mm-hmm. but I, I'm, I'm hoping I'm seeing some light at the end of the tunnel here as we go into next week. So we'll see. Well, we wish you luck, and I appreciate you coming on the show to talk about it all. Uh, being in first place in the conference I know is a big deal, uh, especially the way St. Thomas has dominated this conference the last uh, number of years. And so... Uh, to see a, a different name up there is significant, and we, we applaud the, uh, the success to this point. As always, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those tuned in? Well, I just want to thank all your people there at D3 Hoops for all that you do, for bringing some visibility to a great game. I mean, I think the country, there's a lot of people out there who don't follow Division Three men's or women's basketball. I think they would be stunned at the high level of play. Know, particularly at the top of Division Three, so keep doing what you're doing. We appreciate it. Absolutely, so. I you you know you're preaching the choir. I agree entirely with you. Um, but uh, thanks, all the same. Good luck, and we'll talk to you sometime soon. Sounds great. Thank you, Dave. Awesome. Take care, Coach Herbie Herb Brexmeyer, coming to us from Bethel. They're undefeated, thirteen and zero in conference play. Big stretch coming up again. McAllister and Concordia Moorhead at home. But that St. Mary, St. Thomas, Gustavus, Dolphus run, and then followed by a home game against Augsburg and St. Benedict, this is far from over. And it'll be fascinating to watch how it plays out the rest of the way. Take another break. When we come back, we'll jump back onto the East Coast and talk men's basketball with Widener men's basketball coach Chris uh, Cardia. 
Caradillo. I can never say it right, especially at this point in time. Still ahead, Dave Hickson will join us. And we have a pre-taped interview with Trisha Cullop, the Toledo women's basketball coach, also the WBCA um, president. That's all still ahead. You're listening to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. More Hoops Hope after this. has given me the flexibility to pursue my passions and my interests and I've recreated my identity for myself aside from just being an athlete. My greatest personal discovery has been that I am capable of doing things that I didn't know I was capable of doing. To be able to study what I wanted to and continue to play the sport I love, all of those things came together very nicely in one package in Division 3. Cheer for the stumbles. The Heat should have had that. And the tears that linger. For in those moments, greatness lies. There, you will find the provoked, the determined, the unified. It's in those moments that champions are born. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE-logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that college basketball built. Being a part of the different activities and organizations that I've been a part of, I'm actually able to see myself where I'm like, hey, I actually can make a change. I'm one person that can make a difference. Division three has helped me to develop teamwork skills, critical thinking skills, time management skills. It's not just about basketball or it's not just about school. It's about developing yourself as a person altogether. It's on us. It's on all of us. And it's time to act now. It's on us to start the change. It's on us to be the change. It's on us. It's on Division Three. It's on all of us to stop sexual assault. I coined my definition of success in 1934. My definition of success is peace of mind attained only through self-satisfaction and knowing you made the effort to do the best of which you're capable. It's like reputation and character. Reputation is what others perceive you to be. Character is what you are. We are the coaches of women's basketball. We are leaders and teachers, dreamers and winners. We are professionals who conduct ourselves ethically and with integrity. 
we place the education, safety, and well-being of the athletes we coach above all else and teach them the fundamental values they need to succeed in life. We are coaches united for the good of our game and those who play it. We are the WBCA. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. The marathon continues as we are five and a half hours into it. A little bit behind schedule, but no big deal. We'll keep things rolling along here. If you got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. You can uh, email us, dave.mcqua at d3sports.com or join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Uh, we're simulcasting the show there. Unfortunately, not on YouTube today. Don't ask me why. Something about copyrights, about PSAs. I, I Sometimes the systems are a little too sensitive, as they say. Um, the coffee's gone cold, so we are strictly going with water at this point in time. Trust me, in the happy hour, we might break out the good stuff. Switching gears, we're talking men's basketball now. Moving out to the MAC Commonwealth Conference, we really haven't talked about um, on the men's side especially. Women's side's gotten a little bit of attention. But the men's side, to be honest with you, as much as I know the MAC Commonwealth and as familiar as I am with it, has had me perplexed much of the season. Now I look at Widener with a three-game lead on a three-horse race in Lycoming, Albright, and Alvernia. And then Hood, who I thought was going to have a tremendous season, is sitting in the middle of the pack at 5-4 and four and 12-6 and six overall. I don't know what to make much of that. Well, that's why we have this show. We usually bring on the guests that can answer the questions for us. And joining us on the Blue Frame, Blue Frame Technology Skype Hoops Hotline, it's Chris Caradillo, the head coach of Widener. Coach, first off, I hope I didn't screw up the last name there. Uh, no, you're close. Car Caridio is... Caridio? Yes. I wasn't close. Well, it's exactly how it's spelled yeah. in America. It's Caridio, and then it's Caridio. Yeah. I like Caridio better. Just for the, the Italian version is Catadeo. So you know, it's always somewhere ah. in between. Uh, Caradeo is not bad either. It's like my wife. Her last name's Krajewski, but when I want her attention, I say Krajewski, <laughs> where her last name used to be. Um, Sixteen and three, nine and one, for a team that I feel like you guys have wanted to be a better program over the years have been knocking on the door, haven't been able to pull it all together. Last year, 15 and 12, year before 18 and 10. To be not, 16 and 3 at this point, you've you got to be thrilled. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> we're, we're excited where we are. Um, you know, I think that you and you referenced the last couple of years, we've kind of, we've been solid. We've been good. We just haven't won the big game. I mean, we lost in the conference championship game last year to Arcadia, who had a great season. Uh, the year before, we won the ECAC championship, uh, kind of a consolation prize to, to not getting in our conference tournament. But we've kind of been building a little bit towards this season. And, you know, you never can predict exactly how your team's going to be. But we, we did like our group. Uh, we have two great seniors that have really, we've seen these guys grow over the last three and a half years. And I can't be more pleased with uh, what they're Certainly their talent, but what they've grown is, as young men on and off the floor in terms of leaders and, and Connor Lafferty and Elijah Boyd. Um, so, it, I mean, you know, no one ever goes into a season and say we're going to be 16 and three. I think that, you know, I mean, I wouldn't, <laughs> but like, you know, it's it's kind of, it's it just kind of happened and evolved. You know, it was 2 and 0, then 4 and 0, then 6 and 0, then 8 and 0, then 10 and 0. And, you know, so it just kind of, it kind of grew a little bit and, and we've raised our expectations for each other every day. And I think that I, my upperclassmen have held everybody accountable and they just try to get better every day. And, you know, so far we've been able to keep our distance between the teams in our conference. Um, took a tough loss last Saturday to a very well coached Lycoming team and yeah. bounced back last night at Lebanon Valley against 
a great coach, Brad McAllister, team in Lemon Valley. So, you know, every game and every conference is a grind, especially on the road. So to get that win last night, you know, kept us at three games. Well, actually got us back to three games up because Lycoming had lost that Messiah. So, right. yeah, I mean, so we're, we're happy with where we are, but we definitely, definitely appreciate and realize that we are far from accomplishing anything yet. So sure. every day is trying to get better. You have an interesting result. You guys were undefeated until mid-December when you decided to take on D1 Lafayette in a game you decided to count. Yes. Um, you lost that one by 40, 96, 56. And I don't think that's an overly shocking score there. A pretty good Patriot League squad in Lafayette. In Lafayette. Yes. Um, but that ended the semester, and you had it. that was kind of the, the last taste in the mouth, as it were, right. before coming back and taking on Christopher Newport at home. And they nip, nipped you guys 92-81. Just tell us about that sequence there because, to me, it, it feels like, great, great opportunity to play Lafayette, but did it did it end what could have been a, a better finish? Does that make sense? Yeah. And kind of lead into Christopher Newport in a rough way? Well, so that stretch of games I put together when I did the schedule, again, I didn't go into it thinking, oh, we're going to be 10-0. I'm blasting right. to do it. You know what I mean? So, right. and you know, and I know we were preseason pick fourth in our conference. So, you know, we were, we wanted to get off to a good start. And to be quite honest, we typically travel or do something nice, you know, with the guys. So we've, we've traveled the last two years. I said, you know, it'd be nice to maybe play division one school, you know, our budget's kind of thin. So let's maybe play division one school and give our guys an opportunity to compete at the level of which they all achieve to get to, you know, so so we played, we, we scheduled Lafayette game. One of my former players is an assistant there, Andrew Rademicki, and I've mm. known Coach O'Hanlon for a long time. So we agreed to that game in, in July. And what, what you didn't mention, which was an exhibition, a day later we played Penn. In an oh, that's right. I forgot about that at one. At the University of Pennsylvania. So that right. week after exams, after our last conference game, was Lafayette on Thursday, Penn on Saturday, <laughs> and then – and then Christmas, and then come back and play John Kikorian and Christopher Newport at home. So Merry Christmas. <laughs> right. So, and Happy New Year, right? So yeah, I, right. I knew that that three-game stretch, even if we were the best team that we could possibly be, was going to be extremely difficult to compete in those yeah. games. Yeah. So we took it upon ourselves after we finished 10-0 and 0 to just say, hey, look, let's just make this week as a week of, you know, trying to just see what we can get out of this, even if it's taking it in quadrants of every TV timeout that we play at Lafayette and Penn. Like, let's just try and win one of those quadrants and see if we can get better. You know, because Christopher Newport is going to be not much less talented than those teams, and we kind of knew that too. So I think it really helped us in the Newport game, to be honest with you, though, Dave. I think that, uh, you know, John has a great team, and they were a Final Four team last year, and we scheduled that game, and and we competed in the first half, uh, and then they went on a really large run. And because of those two Division One games, I think our guys were able to make a run back. I think we cut it to maybe five or six late in the game, and then they pulled away, and they deserve to win that game. And I, but I do think that that game helped our guys kind of realize, like, hey, we can compete at a high level of Division Three. so let's not hold ourselves to a standard, you know, maybe below what our expectations were prior to. So doesn't mean it's going to result in a conference championship or getting an answer or anything like that. It's just for this group of guys – um, I think it was really good for them because it gave them an opportunity to play at a really high level and at a really high level in division three and realize hey, we can compete. So, um, so our guys referenced that, that two week stretch a lot and practices were very competitive during that time. They got a lot of great experiences. And, and I'd like to think that maybe when I look back on it, when the year's over that, that really helped us, you know, cause then we won our next five after that. 
and we really started to score the ball well, and we saw some things we needed to do differently defensively. And, and um, so that's where we stand. I mean, we did lose a Lycoming last Saturday, and they're a great team, and they're doing – he's having a good year, you know, but we were able to bounce back last night. So, yeah, that stretch, to, to say the least, was uh, – you know, it wasn't planned that way. You know, when you make your schedule, it was just like, it'll be a nice, you know, week for the guys. But yeah. I didn't think going into it being 10 and 0, we're going to take our first loss against the Division One team. Well, <laughs> kind of what's what happened. You know, it's just what happened. So, sure. Well, what's also interesting is the five days before Lafayette, you played Lycoming at your place. Right. Uh, and beat them 57 54. And then, you know, you take that loss you mentioned on Saturday at Lycoming, which I always know is a tough place to play. Yes. It's a bit of a hike as well. But it's ninety-one seventy-nine, uh, just a almost a flip on its head type of of outcome compared to the first time around. What was the difference in those two games? Well, I think that personally, from our team standpoint, we went through a stretch at that moment where we were kind of struggling to score. Um, you know, I think a lot of teams go through it. We just uh, we got a little stale. You know, teams are starting to scout you a little bit and kind of know what you're doing and those kind of things and. Uh, and, you know, when you get to that, that's exam week and the kids are just kind of really stressed. Like, I, you know, I wanted to, as coaches say, we don't want it to put them built in excuses. But there's a lot of reasons that we just were really kind of stale offensively at that moment. And I think this time around, you know, we, we've played a little faster uh, offensively. We've, we've drilled some things and we were trying to play um, a little bit more up and down and stretching our defense a little bit, which causes more possessions. And we got down pretty big. We got down, I think, 17 or 18 in the first seven or eight minutes. So we were forced to really kind of do things defensively we probably didn't want to do going into that game, which was play full core and do some yeah. trapping. And So the game kind of picked up its pace pretty quickly. So I think if you ask Mike McGarvey, I don't think he wanted to play in the 80s or 90s either. <laughs> it's just kind of the way the game went. Yeah, so. I don't know him to want to go high scoring necessarily yeah. uh, whatsoever. Uh, interesting note, you've got Stevenson ahead at home. Last time you guys faced Stevenson was, geez, only a couple of weeks ago yeah. at their place, a three-point score. I've always known the Commonwealth to be competitive uh, top to bottom. I think it's its most competitive conference top to bottom uh, in the country, though the top has never li- been on the same level as some other conferences. Right. But it's competitive. It's tough. And so you see a, a result against Stevenson, who's at the bottom of the conference, unfortunately, this year by three. You see a result against Messiah by five, you see result against others that are tight, but then sometimes the other flip around, as we mentioned already with, with Lycoming, could be total opposite. Yeah. What are you expecting from the Stevenson game and the Messiah game coming up? Because you're home and then away in those two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you said it. I mean, I know every coach says it. The conference games are just difficult. because yeah. they, Every kid knows each other so well. Every coach knows each other well. So, you know, the, the Stevenson game there was another example. We got down 30 to nine in the first oh. seven minutes. And we had to literally change the game plan and roar back. And we ended up actually having a one point lead at the half because we just went That's on. impressive. Yeah. I mean, I think the one thing about my team that digress, we do have the ability to go on runs, which I think is a character for a team. That's pretty good. The flip side of that is we have the ability to let teams have runs too. So yeah, I know um, that. We, we came back in that game. So, you know, and I anticipate Stevenson coming in here Saturday, you know, they've been in some, you know, some tough games themselves. They'll come in here and, you know, Gary does a good job. They're well coached, and they will definitely be ready to play, knowing that hey, we we outplayed Widener for that seven or eight minute stretch pretty handily, and you know, so we and they got some guys that can score, and some there are definitely some guys that can shoot. So we'll be we'll we'll be prepped and ready to go for Saturday, uh, and then we have what our our bye week. Um, so we'll be off until that following Friday when we go up to Messiah, which is always a difficult place to play. 
you know, we never seem to play very well up there. And, you know, Rick does a good job, too, and he'll have his team ready to go. But like I said, it's just, you know, like when we went to Messiah and lost last night. Yeah. You know, so, like, it's just anybody can lose to anybody on the road in our conference. So every game is a coin flip when you're on the road. And that's just something that, you know, we've tried to tell our guys and our our leaders, our, our captains, and our upperclassmen have done a really good job of, of trying to prepare our guys for those sure. kind of games. Talk to me a little bit about this team, Connor uh, Laverty. Lavery? Connor Lafferty, yes. Lafferty. Uh, leading the team, he's a senior, 13.5 points a game, 6.5 rebounds a game. Second of the team, Jared Peters, 13 points a game. He also pulls in nearly five rebounds. Elijah Boyd, another senior, uh, 11.5 points a game, also nearly five rebounds. Kenny Lewis, underclassman, he's got 11.5 points, six rebounds. We should point out, by the way, Lewis has missed a couple of games. And then Pat Holden, nine points a game, um, is kind of the guy who's the glue on uh, sense for the offense. He's the one running it all to a degree. Yeah. Lots of other guys contribute. Don't get me wrong, but those five are the ones that are going to jump out of you on a stat sheet. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that five and that group and, and then maybe everybody else. Yeah. I mean, we, that, that, that starting five has been very solid for us. I mean, they share the ball tremendously. As you can see, our, our scoring is pretty spread out. Yes. Um, and there was a while there early on. I think when we were 10 and 0, we had all five of them averaging double figures um and four of them can really shoot the ball so you know all four guys can make threes and then Kenny is kind of our anchor inside and he's undersized but he guards the biggest guy on the other team and and he's a great rebounder and he just battles and you know so those five guys have kind of really gelled as a group um as as the season's evolved and and I kind of thought actually that we could score the ball before the season started I was really worried about our defense which uh, rightfully so because some of our defensive efforts have been haven't been great um but we've also got underclassmen coming off the bench um, pretty consistently. A.J. Sawyers, who's also a sophomore. Uh, Colby Woodard, who's a sophomore. Stephen Matlack's a freshman. Um, Deshaun Jones has, has seen some meaningful minutes as a freshman from Florida. Uh, we've had other guys, you know, come in and contribute. Um, so I think the one thing, I, you know, I'd like to think about our team, I think we're a little bit hard to prepare for because we do have a lot of guys that can score and they share the ball. Um, uh, but they really just – there's not really any egos on our team, which I think is uh, is rare sometimes. Says a lot. Uh, guys really do want to see other guys succeed, and I think that that characteristic, which as a coach, is a lot of times is out of your hands. You know, you really kind of let your leaders and your upperclassmen kind of run your own program. I mean, if they're running your program and it's good, things things can be pretty pretty exciting. And you know, when you have to step in and stop infighting and those kind of things, it's it's probably not a good sign. But I've had to do none of that. These guys have really governed themselves inside the locker room. They all come ready to practice. And uh, my captains and, and Connor Lafferty, Elijah Boyd, and, and Jared Peters, my three upperclassmen, have all really governed the governed the, the, the team themselves and practiced as well. They'll take teams and coach teams. And, you know, we've had guys that are hurt a little bit that can't practice, and they're, they're there coaching the guys up and stopping them, pulling them aside. And it's just, uh, it's just really fun as a coach to see the growth in those kids and see them do that. So – so that, that's what I can tell you about my, my group, my kids. They're all good kids. They come every day. They work hard. They're all great in the classroom. Makes coming to work every day pretty fun. Um, what's interesting is you mentioned the three upperclassmen being the, the um, captains. There's one other junior in James Gillespie who's only played in three games this year. The rest of this is a young team. And so yeah. what they're learning this year obviously will we'll move forward. You'll miss your seniors. Don't get me wrong. But this is a program that's that's going to be building. We're going to be probably talking about Widener for a few years now. Well, we like to hope. hope. We like to hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, and I, I think the one thing that uh, 
that I and I've been talking to our guys is you know, everybody in the program is kind of you know self-made. I mean, these are all guys that came in as freshmen and have worked and gotten better. And you know, we have had transfers in the past that have kind of given us a boost, and mm-hmm. you know, and that happens. But every guy right now that's in the program is a guy that's improved. You know, from freshman year to sophomore year, from sophomore year to junior year, and et cetera. And you know, and we we want our guys that are in the program to want to get better. And when your upperclassmen are self-made and have done that and have improved. They know the drill. They know how to get there, and they are sharing that with the younger guys. And yeah, I mean, we're we're consistently playing eight, of which two are seniors. You know, so yes, on paper, six of those eight will be coming back next year, and and even next year we we'll only have one senior and Jared Peters. So yeah, I mean, as long as everybody stays the course and right. keeps working and does the things they need to do in the in the weight room and on the floor and in the classroom, we could yes be competitive for for the foreseeable future. Um, but, yeah. you know, as coaches say, it's you got to take it one year at a time. I mean, sure. we, we are optimistic about moving forward, but we want to make sure we stay in the present, too. If it doesn't make it more complicated or more ridiculous next year, your conference grows by a team. York will march in yeah. first time uh, after years of speculation that York may leave the CAC. They finally are. Yep. They join the Commonwealth. Uh, I realize there could be some other changes, but it's not going to get any easier in this conference. No, no. I mean, York, Matt does a great job coaching at York. I have followed them from afar, clearly over the last five or six years, they've had a really good run. And um, when I heard that they were coming into the conference last spring, uh, you know, oh. it, was, it was a little eye opening. You know, but you know, yeah, in the end, it really does strengthen your conference to have sure. them come in. Uh, we are losing Lycoming because Lycoming is going to the freedom and we are losing Arcadia and Arcadia is going to the freedom. Um, and then Eastern's coming over with, coming in with York. So no we'll still have nine, but that'll be our conference alignment next year. So yeah. um, changes the landscape a little bit. And, you know, I haven't really seen much of York of late, but, I've, you know, certainly in the off season, I'll get myself a little more acquainted with them as we get, <laughs> you know, ready to play them twice next year. Sure. So, yeah, I mean, you know, the, in the end of the day, really, you know, you want just want your kids to compete and, if, you know, bringing York in is going to help our conference, you know, with the overall perception of it then that's great too sure and you know our kids will like to compete we have a lot of maryland guys and i know that's you know it's down that way a little bit in pennsylvania it's kind of close to the border so yep. not a lot of guys a lot of a lot of guys that go there so you know it'll be it'll be fun you know we'll we'll tip it up two times a year and see what <laughs> it'll be interesting yeah for sure. uh coach appreciate the time um fascinating to see how you guys have done this season certainly uh coming out from a, a conference that's tough to to play in um, and to be three games up says a lot. I know you got a lot still on, on the table with six games to play, but I appreciate the time and the insight. As always, give the coach the final word, final thoughts you want to share with those tuned in. Well, Dave, I'm going to kind of echo a lot of things that our coach has already said because you guys are our platform to get the notice for our student-athletes out there uh, for you know a lot of people that don't know much about Division three athletics or Division three basketball, men's and women's. There's a lot of great coaches and a lot of great programs out there, and you guys are the platform to promote all of them. So I thank you on behalf of our university and our program and our kids. And uh, if we can do anything to help to continue to promote it, please let us know. But you guys have done a magnificent job over the last, what has it been, 20 years now? You guys yeah, have done this? Yeah, D3 Hoops has been around more than 20 years. We've been around on Hoops for 17. So it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it is awesome. crazy. It's awesome. Thank you so much for everything you do. Appreciate Absolutely. It. Well, thank you for the kind words. Thank you for the time, and uh, good luck the rest of the way. Give Coach Gary a hard time for me, will you? I certainly will. All right, All right. Dave, take care. Take care. Coach uh, 
Coach C, I'm going to call him because I like that better. Joining us here on the Hoopsville Skype hotline presented by Buff, uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. New no, Blue Frame Technology. 16-3. and three. Good stretch coming up. Uh, take a look at them. They're going to be fun to watch, I think, the rest of the way. Conference race is always fun to watch. Take a break. When we come back, he gets to be followed up by Dave Hickson. We'll talk to the sabbatical coach about what it's life not to be coaching this season. You listen to Hoopsville presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA NABC studios. More Hoopsville after this. Being a part of the different activities and organizations that I've been a part of, I'm actually able to see myself where I'm like, hey, I actually can make a change. I'm one person that can make a difference. Division three has helped me to develop teamwork skills, critical thinking skills, time management skills. It's not just about basketball or it's not just about school. It's about developing yourself as a person altogether. My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. For the love of the game, that's what it's all about, they say. But for those of us who are Division III student-athletes, it's more than that. It's more about team and the schools and communities we represent. And for the many of us blessed with the strength to compete in sport at the college level, we understand that with what we were given comes a special obligation. An obligation to help those who have their own special needs and whose love for the game is no less intense. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics. Since August of 2011, we and others from Division III campus communities have volunteered more than a quarter million hours, time away from the classroom and practice field, reaching across the country to coach and mentor Special Olympics athletes. And to learn that in giving, we receive so much more in return. Help us keep that dream alive. Be part of it. Get involved. You can make a difference. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us, all of us. To, to stop, stop sexual, sexual assault. assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. I used to never really talk. Ever. I was scared and shy. It was hard to look at people's faces. I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. I made friends and won lots of gold medals. But I learned more than just playing golf. Special Olympics helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless.
want to thank our partners at Blue Frame Technology for their assistance on the Marathon Show, not only the big behemoth of a show that is airing on this uh, show right now uh, on their system, but also the sponsors of the uh, hotline as well. Uh, I should point out, by the way, Facebook fans, uh, to allow it to go for more than eight hours today, uh, we had to select an option that's going to remove this video at the end of the show. So I apologize now if you enjoy watching this show. Um, we will try and upload it later, maybe, from our archives. But just a note, um, you're watching it simulcast on Facebook, and we appreciate it, but it's not going to be there after the show hits is off the air. If you're listening to the podcast of this show, thanks for taking the time to do so. Um, it means we successfully got it on the air. All right, so we're a little bit behind time, so I'm going to try and catch up a little bit here. Uh, one of the big news that we helped break at the beginning of the year was that Dave Hickson was taking a sabbatical from Amherst. The interim uh, ha- uh, reins were handed over to Aaron Toomey for the for that program. They're 13 and six, three and two in conference play. But more importantly, it was an interesting decision um, by the school to allow their longtime head coach of 42 seasons, Dave Hickson, to get a well-deserved break, uh, maybe recharge the batteries, but or more importantly, maybe uh, find out more about the game that he didn't know. Joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoops for Hotline is the aforementioned Dave Hickson. Coach, uh, first and foremost, how are you enjoying the sabbatical, sir? Uh, I'm enjoying it. I, I am enjoying it. It's uh, it's had a lot of different twists and turns to it. Sure. Um, it hasn't uh, exactly followed the plan that I'd set out for it to follow, <laughs> but it's been as nothing ever does, right? I was going to say, <laughs> but but uh, it, 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 there have been really good parts of it, you know, and it's it's a it, uh, it's interesting. I mean, it, one of my good friends, I was talking to an ex coach the other day, who said to me, uh, "Coach, life just keeps unfolding." You know, it just uh-huh. keeps unfolding and be ready for the next unfold. And uh, it's been one of those things. And some of that has to do with my dad. And, and uh, sure. uh, you know, I got off to a great start, um, you know, doing the other thing and, and, and had a couple great visits to places. And uh, and that slowed down for quite a bit uh, when my dad had a setback. And so anyway, it's been a it's been a really interesting time. It's been difficult at times, you know, watching this. So many of the coaches said uh, uh, in uh, Ryan's article, you know, it's difficult mm-hmm. to, to watch, but uh, but it's been great. I, I, I can't. It's been terrific, really. It, it's it's very different, but it's been great. Sure. Ryan had a great article that you uh, gave your time for, which was great about, you know, being afar from the program to some degree, whether it's taking a break or whether it's retiring or, or whatever the case may be. Um, it's got to be hard to, to watch a program that, that has been your baby, especially for 42 years. As much as a sabbatical, I know, was something you were looking forward to, you probably also look at it as, oh, my goodness, I'm not in control of something that I've been in control <laughs> with for four decades. Right. I, you know, I, Aaron and I talk a lot. Um, I actually talk to all three coaches quite a bit, and uh, sometimes I'll sneak in in the morning before I go and do other things and, and get a quick workout. And, and I'm leaving the building as they're coming in. And we'll talk a little bit either about a game. Uh, well, today I was up seeing my dad. And on the way, way back, I talked. Uh, I called Aaron and we talked for a bit about different things. And uh, although it's hard, you know, leaving something that you've had control over. I mean, you know, I, when you give it to someone who you trust, Sure. Uh, who's a great player for us, and he's a he's a great young coach. Um, you know that eases that a lot. Yeah. I mean, I just uh, it really does. And and I know you can look at it and say, well, hey, you know they're 
they're you know thirteen and six, and and uh, but you know they've they've won some great games. Yeah. Uh, they've lost they've lost a lot of really really close games that you know one thing one call one play could have gone the other way, and uh, you know. It, 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 we talk about the best teams in New England, and we've, you know, we've, we haven't played Colby yet, but we've played the other people, and um, you know, we beat Middlebury, and yeah, um, and we beat Springfield, and uh, it was even with Babson with 40 seconds to go, and so I think the, I think he's doing a great job, and that's really helped uh, me step back. Sure. What do you? What have? Well, I know the plan didn't go to according to accordingly, <laughs> and and I almost joke, marathon's not going according to plan either. Uh, and I know that when you're coaching, it doesn't go according to plan. But what what did you get able to do uh, so far in the sabbatical that you had hoped to do? Tell us a little bit of the escapades, if you don't mind. Yeah, and so it started even before I announced it. I went in and watched the pre-draft uh, workouts by the Celtics and had a great opportunity to speak with Brad Stevens mm. and, and a few of the guys. And uh, that was fun to watch, it really, and then to watch them draft and, and where it worked out and and uh, and then, right after I spoke with you, I took off uh, for Cleveland. And uh, Kobe Altman, who was with me for two years, is you know the GM, as you know, out there. And and we actually talked before he hired John Beeland. We talked a little bit about what I thought about that, which I was humbled by that because I'm saying you know you don't need my advice on that one. But um, it it was a great discussion, and and uh, you know I was really excited for it. So I know John a little bit, and. Uh, Went out and spent three days out there. Get a get an email from my uh, from the Celtics saying, "Hey, our last practice is this coming Friday. You're welcome to come down, you and your dad." And I said, "Geez, that's great." So I called my dad and uh, excited to tell him, "Hey, we're going to go watch the Celtics and their preseason last preseason practice is supposed to be a great one." I call him and all hell's breaking loose oh. and uh, yeah, he had a stroke and and uh, a very specific stroke and and you know strokes affect people in a lot of different ways yes. and. For him, it's only affected his uh, ability to tell time hmm. and day. And so every now and then he'll call me at 3 in the morning and ask me where I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's lovely. Tell him to call me. I'm up. Okay. Well, <laughs> you got my you got my text this morning at 510, so you know I'm yeah, pretty see, close I know to you're that. up, too. You saw my text at 1 a.m. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> and so... Uh, you know that's that's been interesting um, since that happened. But so since that happened, and then I took off and I went down and spent some time. Uh, the Clippers uh, were oh, playing wow. the Pelicans, and we were in uh, a Duke suite. And so Shashevsky was there, and we talked. I got a chance to talk to him a little bit about wow. some things. And yep. And Did he know next, who you were though? Yeah. So a couple things with with so a long time ago when Pete Goddard was his assistant. Yes. And in fact, I can tell you exactly when it was. Uh, the final four was in Louisville and, you know, Duke hadn't quite made its appearance under Mike yet as being, you know, the juggernaut and, uh, Pete got that Mike, my dad and I were at the, the, the Louisville welcome, uh, Lexington welcome thing for the coaches. And, uh, the four of us ate down, uh, sat down and ate dinner in a stall. Uh, They cleaned out the horse stalls and we all ate in the horse stalls (laughs) and, uh, it was coach K he got that myself and my dad. Wow. That's how, yeah, that's how small it was at that point. And then uh, one of my friends, who was very close to a bunch of Duke people, the year we won the championship, uh, and Duke also won the championship, uh, I went to a breakfast with, you know, 10 Duke guys who mm-hmm. were going to support uh, Mike's charity, the MLK. Yes. And, um, you know, my, my buddy goes in and 
reconnects the two of us, and we'll, he he described it as two cock roosters, you know, each talking about how many championships they won, <laughs> and that wasn't true at all. That wasn't true. No, at, it wasn't that at all. But that's how he painted it to all of my buddies, and uh, so we had some fun with that. So yeah, I, I've known him a little bit. That's and, cool. Uh, yeah, and one of the things I'd talked to him about down at the Clippers game was the fact that his grandson is now on his bench and had gotten into mm. a game and actually scored a free throw, uh, got a rebound, and, uh, you know, typical Mike. Mike said, well, yeah, that was all great. It was great to have, but you know what he is? He's a great influence on our culture. And, uh, mm. you know, that's something you expect from Mike. So, anyway, that was fun. The next night we went to the Kansas-Duke uh, tip-off, uh, to tip off the season in Madison Square Garden. And uh, that was great. And so I've got other places lined up. I haven't, you know, seen a couple. I've seen a lot of UMass college games. I've seen a couple other college games, but I watch a lot of you guys, a lot of, you know, D3 hoop stuff. Um, in fact, my wife was joking with me. She said, you're watching more games now than you did last, <laughs> you know, the last 10 years. Yep. And, and what happens is because I don't have to scout the different games right. and prepare with what I see, I get a chance to have two or three computers going and watching a sure. bunch of different games. And see, so one of the things I miss is, you know, being on the sidelines before the game and talking to the other coach yeah. and so many great relationships that you build up over the years. And, and uh, so I do talk to some on the phone, but I miss that the pregame stuff. And so I, I just really enjoy watching, watching a lot of guys teams play quite frankly. And, and this year has been a crazy year anyway, because there are more close games mm-hmm. um, and upsets, whether it's division one, whether it's division one women yeah. or division three, it's been crazy. And uh, so it's been fun. No, no, it, it's been fun from our vantage point too. I'm glad to see that you're enjoying it from um, from a different perspective. Uh, as much as you're enjoying the time off, are are you interested in getting back on the bench, or is this time <laughs> off kind of treated you to to a different perspective that maybe you know Glenn Robinson was right? Uh, it, maybe it's it's fun to to just sit back and relax. Uh, we're just trying to get ready for the uh, Wesleyan game. <laughs> You're not getting ready for any game. Stop. <laughs> uh, Wesleyan's tomorrow. We're just getting ready for the Wesleyan game. How's that? How's that for? How's that for Belichick? I'm having a flashback here. Uh, how's that for? How's that for? That Belichick? wasn't bad. That wasn't bad for for a Belichick. Uh, speaking of Wesleyan, he wouldn't want you getting ready for a Wesleyan game. No, I know. Uh, he would like you to forget about the Wesleyan team so you can stumble over him. I had to double check to make sure you had the right team. Um, right. Of course, you had the right team. No, but I mean, and in all. And, and, and we do play tomorrow morning, but but in you all do. seriousness, yeah. you know there there are you know there are really big parts that you miss, and the big parts that you miss is yeah. you know coaching two hours every day. It's uh, you know the three hours basically going down to the gym, hanging out with the kids, talking to them about their personal lives, their academics, catching up on all the things you know we call it we weed and feed. You know, um, you know we go down there. Some kids you need to do a little bit of weeding, and if you don't, you know mm-hmm. the weeds grow big mm-hmm. and. And some kids need a little feed, and they need more confidence. And so, you know, we spent a lot of time doing that. But that half hour before practice was just so much – it was just such great fun. And, and then I love driving kids in practice. I mean, just really pushing them and trying to mm-hmm. see what we can do. And and then the post-practice, you know, catching up with kids after practice. And all that stuff's been great. I miss being on the sidelines during games a lot. Sure. Um, sure. I don't miss waiting for the game to start. <laughs> no one uh, does. <laughs> no, no, no. We used to have this thing where uh, uh, Aaron Galletta from uh, from LaSalle, 
always used to play. I love Whitney Houston's version of the national anthem, but it's too long to play before a game. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> yeah, he would always do that to me. He would always say, hey, Coach, I got some real bad news for you. I said, what's that? He goes, we're playing Whitney's you. Oh. Whitney Houston's version. And uh, it was just getting through that. was, And I love I loved that version. No, but I'm it's like playing. five minutes. Yeah. 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 No, so, I'm with you. I, I miss those things. Uh, you know, we'll see. I mean, I, 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 I'm... I'm keeping, I'm a list guy and I'm keeping both sides of the list going <laughs> and, uh, you know, try not to make decisions, you know, midstream and, yeah, and sure. I'll, fi- I'll figure, I'll figure it out. And, you know, you guys will, you guys will be on the list of the first to know. I'd like to say you're going to be first, <laughs> but you know, I'm still paying, I'm still paying for it through my, uh, to my uh, SID for uh, for telling you guys first. Oh, he likes us. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Your AD came up and said hi to me at soccer, so he doesn't hate me for it. Um, right. Though he may not have put two and two together either. Um, right. uh, by the way, your list, your wife's keeping a list too. And he's not sitting around watching games. He's That's... not bugging me. <laughs> right. Uh, she well, might... you know, it's funny because she had retired for two years right. to see my son. Right. To see my son dive, and then they talked her into going back just for this last. <laughs> yes. She told me just for this last year. Sure, sure. So we'll see how that goes. And, and one of the good things I'm going to do, the, the third, sort of third prong of, of taking this leave, is I'm actually going to go and watch my son dive in uh, London. I'm going to go and watch oh, my son cool. dive up in Montreal. And, and that's stuff that I really haven't had the opportunity to do other than the Olympic stuff. And right, we saw you in Rio. Summertime. Yeah, and so yeah. we're hoping to be in Tokyo. So we were all getting a kick out of the fact that they were taking pictures of of your wife. Like, hey, look, she's the. I'm like, yeah, well, look next to him. He's a big yeah. deal too. And you're just sitting no. there enjoying it. Not, not in that world. Ever. No, I know a, you weren't. No. Hey, uh, I could talk to you forever, but I can't, unfortunately. But yeah. we will catch up with you somewhere down the road. Ryan's story's terrific about everything, and and you should read that too. But as always, I give you the final word. I read it. I know I you have did. Read it and. Uh, you know, again, I, I know it, it gets repetitive, but, you know, uh, you know, God bless D3 Hoops and God bless you for, for getting the thing going. And I, you know, now that I'm, I've stepped back and I'm taking a sabbatical, I wonder how I did all the things that I do. <laughs> and so I look at you and think, like, how the hell does he do what he does? You know, and it's like, and so, you know, I know you don't get enough appreciation, and I hope enough people do say it, and I think some do. But uh, the thing that you've built here and, and uh, how how special it is, but how you know, easy it is for us to access as coaches the things that we need to access and to watch. Even stepping back out of the game this year to watch all my friends coaching and follow them through stats and read your stuff, and it's just great. It's 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 uh, you know you've created something which uh, very few people have ever done, and it's it's wonderful for the game. Well, I thank you. I, I certainly give Pat Coleman and Gordon Mann a ton of credit for the website side of it. I'm just riding their coattails with a show, but I appreciate the sentiment nonetheless. <laughs> Uh, have fun the rest of the sabbatical. Stay in touch, and, and we'll look forward to talking to you down the road. All right, man. Good to talk to you. All always. right. Take care. Dave yeah. Hickson joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline. I hope Craig doesn't hate us too much. Hi, Craig. Um, yeah, great talking to Dave. I, I love how he pulled a Belichick on us when we asked him the tough question there. Huh? Yeah. Maybe we need to get him out of New England. Get a, less influence on Bill from Bill Belichick. That's all I'm saying. Not that you should come down here. Belichick family's big in the Indianapolis area. We've got to take a break. When we come back, we will talk to uh, Toledo women's basketball coach Trisha Cullop, who's the WBCA president. We're a bit behind schedule, so we're going to rush this one along, but uh, we will get things, we'll get the segment in. And then after that, Alex Ritchie will join us, plus Jody May, Dave Macedo, 
Melissa Kuberka, and Sam Atkinson before we hit the happy hour. You listen to Hoops Hoop, presented by D3Hoops.com for the WBCA and ABC Studios. More Hoops will after this. Being a part of the different activities and organizations that I've been a part of, I'm actually able to see myself where I'm like, hey, I actually can make a change. I'm one person that can make a difference. Division Three has helped me to develop teamwork skills, critical thinking skills, time management skills. It's not just about basketball or it's not just about school. It's about developing yourself as a person altogether. 